Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536. And the cars are back to Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy to partly cloudy today, a high of 40. And then tomorrow, guess what? More clouds and a high of 38. It's about due, I don't know, 37 right now. Hey, you did that pretty well. I've been doing this for a while. Oh, hey. Look at you. And by a while, I mean like 29 seconds. Well, hey, you know, I just figured I'd walk in whenever I felt like you it. Take your time. You ease yeah. right in, Steve. There's yeah. no rush. I think I'll walk in about five minutes into Hollywood trash. I'll be all set. <laughs> it's 537 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. How cold? 51 and Zeppelin. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be, and I'll tell you in uh, just one second, it's going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 39 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 38. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, The town of Montecito, California is under an evacuation order due to massive rain and flooding. Residents include Harry and his wife Megan, along with Oprah, Rob Lowe, Adam Levine, Gwyneth Paltrow, and George Lucas. How... Are these people going to survive and get their way through this? I don't know. Ellen DeGeneres and Portia Del Ra- De Rossi uh, live there too, but Ellen says their home is on higher ground, so they've been ordered to shelter in place. Yesterday, Ellen posted a video of how the flooding was affecting a creek near her house and noted it was the five-year anniversary of a mudslide that killed 23 people and destroyed more than 100 homes. Then why are you still there? Because they're on higher elevation. Yes, but isn't the higher elevation where the mud slides off from down into the river? Well, listen, if you want to sit here and split hairs, Steve, we could do that all morning long. Maybe this is Mother Nature's way of uh, telling Prince Harry to give it a rest. Just uh, just slow down. Peel, dial it back yeah. a little bit there. Be, be nice to your father. Yeah. He's had a hell of a year. Um, you know, um, my heart bleeds every time I hear of multi-millionaires or billionaires losing their property. You know, it's... Uh, no walk in the park, that's for damn sure. Oh, it's like when, when that hurricane happened in Florida. You know, all those coastal, like, condos mm. that were taken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people were like, eh, these are rich people's, like, homes. They'll be okay. It was the people that in inland that you had to worry about, the ones that didn't have the unlimited resources in order to build their rebuild their homes. It's the washed-out trailer parks you feel bad for. That's the ones. That's the ones. Those are the ones that make the world go around. Don't you think? Well, I know if my uh, camper were suddenly uh, surrounded by flood water, I would open up, the, open, up, open up the septic tank. Yeah. And let nature clear that thing out. Oh, I like that. See what I'm doing? Yeah. And you could clean the septic tank because you have all that experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Twice. That's a lot of experience. That's good stuff. Uh, Paul McCartney was almost hit by a car in the crosswalk from the Abbey Road album cover. What is it with this guy in the crosswalks? I don't know. His uh, daughter was filming him crossing the street, and she says, quote, he went over this, uh, he went over, and this car totally didn't stop for him. Do you know who this is? This is the guy in the original photo. Why are you speeding through this intersection? Was he at least wearing shoes this time? Orthopedic with the straps? Probably. With the with the Velcro. Yeah. He's I probably mean, up at the Velcro years now. At his age, with the corns and the bunions, he's never going to make it to the other side. Uh, Linda used to tie my shoes for me. Now I have to Velcro them shut. Now I tie them with a stick. Coming up. 
What are you doing, Paul? I'm coming up. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is deeply nervous about returning to reality TV with his upcoming BBC show, Home to Roost. Then why are you doing it? I would think uh, after cameras have already invaded your privacy. Yeah. At some point, to say, I just you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I just because he's not young, he's not really healthy. Neither no. one of them are healthy. No, not I would. Really. Uh, I would really tell the cameras to get out. He said when he did the Osbournes, it made him and his family crazy and caused his kids to get into drugs. Really? What caused? It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't the drunken father who yeah, was, it was <laughs> who was snorting ants by the pool. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the father who was on a. How many years was that show on for? Five-year bender? Something. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Dre sent a cease and desist order to Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene after she used Still Dre in a Twitter video. Dre accused her of using his music to, quote, promote your divisive and hateful political agenda. I would just say, this music isn't for you. <laughs> you want to pick like a Will Smith tune or, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, he, but even Will Smith would say, I don't, I don't want her representing me. What about a, maybe a Vanilla Ice or uh, an Easy E? Yeah, they'd be happy. To, well, they would love to have. Well, I think Easy is. <laughs> Easy E would be the one. Yeah, that that's the one he's. Oh, yeah, I don't care what she what she promotes. She's using my music. Isn't Easy dead? Well, from the afterlife. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, maybe I can't keep up with all the deaths of the stars. I, th- I think Easy E is dead, but um, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, you know, Vanilla Ice would be happy to have any kind of residual check. Uh, Brian Cranston lost his virginity at 16 to an Australian prostitute. Put another shrimp on the bobby, baby. <laughs> he says, quote, it was a traumatic and a great, exhilarating, memorable experience, man. Is that where he got the uh, the line, say my name? Maybe. Maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. It's a good line. It was a seminal moment. I bet it uh, was. Of course it was. In a person's life when they lose their virginity. All right, good yeah, for him. All right. Jennifer Lawrence said that uh, said the celebrity that would make her starstruck is Jessica Simpson. Really? Yeah, I guess so. She also said she looked like a radio contest winner when she was photo- photographed with Ariana Grande during the making uh, of the movie Don't Look Up. Well, what the hell does that mean? I don't know. She looks like a radio contest winner. Has she seen the people who have won the Wheel of Meat? Yeah, I don't understand what uh, what she means by that. We've we've got some of the best looking contest winners in America. She's known to say these like things that she doesn't think about before yeah. she says them, and then she says them, and then she has to backtrack later on. And go, oh, what do you mean by that? I, 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 listen, I got a bunch of people, you know, ready for Thunderbird Thursday. Going, well, what does she mean? What does that mean? Listen, I'm, I got a four pack of Thunderbird tickets. Are you telling me that I'm not special? I want to be on the glass too. I want to. I want a banner. I want old Deerfield Craft Fair tickets. (laughs) Uh, Garth Brooks did a surprise set at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville over the weekend. It wasn't just a random appearance. He was uh, helping uh, raise money for a local hospice. Imagine that. You're just sitting there and all of a sudden Garth Brooks just starts singing in the bar that you're at. Yeah, I think it's weird whenever a celebrity just randomly pops up to perform. Remember when uh, Kiefer Sutherland did it at Theodore's a few years ago? I was so mad that I wasn't there and I couldn't get there because I had to watch my children. Oh, Jesus, with the I children. Know. But I saw it on Facebook Live. Somebody had it streaming on Facebook Live, and I'm like, that's happening right now, and yeah. there's nobody in there. I want to go down there right now. Robin Williams used to show up to like comedy clubs randomly. 
like around the like around the country. Yeah, see, that's cool. That would be cool. You're sitting there watching some you know you know dinky little uh, you know open mic night, and boom! All of a sudden, Robin Williams is there. Wouldn't that be uh, Wouldn't that be worst if you were the one host in the open mic? Because then you're like, oh man, no, I can't even use my other material. <laughs> you imagine, imagine being the guy in the back of the room. You hold the flashlight to get uh, Robin Williams off the stage. No, oh, you can never do that. That'll never happen. A former PR strategist. Well, now you can. Well, yeah. A former PR strategist for Kim Kardashian says the flower bombing red carpet incident she had back in 2012 was fake. Fake? Yeah. Huh. They set that up. She must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had a white blast to the head was when Ray J gave me a set of bollock chops with the Cincinnati spackler in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. I do like spackling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but she once had more hands up her than the Muppets. <laughs> the sight of my Washington Monument made her kitty batter foam like there was a midget inside of her with a super soaker. <laughs> What are you trying to say? I think I pretty much said exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say. <laughs> I'll tell you more tomorrow. Oh, good. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash of Rock 102. Oh, yeah. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters. Before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Ah, college football. The traditions, the pageantry, the rich history of crowning a national champion out of a convoluted and somewhat unsatisfying system of nonsense. I love it. You know what else I love? Dedicating time to watching an important national championship game that ends in a 58-point blowout. I don't know how many of you were watching it last night, but the college football playoff national championship game was being played last night at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, between the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs and the Texas Christian Horn Frogs. And while I think more people were under the impression that this was supposed to be a tough-fought battle between the two best teams in the country, what you had instead was a painful, lopsided disaster. Last night, Georgia pounded the bejesus out of TCU by a final score of 65-7. to Now, I don't know how to quite put this, but this would be like putting Mike Tyson in a boxing ring with Gary Coleman and expecting Gary to hold his own for 12 rounds. This would be like having the undefeated 2007 New England Patriots take on a team from Kylie Middle School just to see what would happen. Losing a championship game by a score of 65-7 to says to me that either you were unprepared to be there or you must have been too worried about some of your classes for the upcoming semester because apparently football was clearly not your main focus. Granted, Georgia are the defending national champions. Yes, they were coming off an incredible win over Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, but TCU were coming off a high-scoring affair against Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl, and even though the Bulldogs were 13.5-point favorites, nobody was expecting them to cover the spread by another 44.5 points. That's almost embarrassing. Not as embarrassing as staying up all night to see how it all ended, but certainly embarrassing enough for a contributing alumni to ask for an immediate refund. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Aaron's is the king of snow. And at the Rocky at the Rockies and Palmer, Jeffrey is the king of Aaron's. He's a Aaron's train expert. We'll show you why and what you will get uh, when you're blown with the king of snow. The Aaron Snowblower with Rocky's Ace Hardware. Winter Storm headquarters before and after the storm. 
I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Feels classic rock. It's 612 in Billy Squire. We're back to Nagel and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. Looking at 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, you know, I'm reading this uh, article this morning about um, uh, what Wimborne Minster, someplace over in uh, England. Okay. All right. This lady, <clears throat> she buys a house, a historic cricket club. That's that game that they play. Yeah, right. With the balls and all that stuff. A historic cricket club has been threatened with closure after a new neighbor complained about balls in his yard. A historic, uh, they've been threatened with the closure, uh, yeah. Coal Hill Cricket Club near Wimbledon was uh, first established in 1905 and has been in constant use ever since, acting as a hub for the local community. But when a house nearby was bought by a new owner in 2021, she soon began complaining about hitters hitting sixes into her property. The club's owners reportedly went crazy trying to uh, placate the unnamed neighbor and impose draconian measures that proved deeply unpopular with the club's members. Initially, they instituted a rule that a six could only be hit on one side of the ground, prompting many longtime members to boycott the club and protest. When that failed, the owners drew up plans to install a 26-foot-high net to catch stray balls near the offending house, but scrapped the idea when construction costs were to exceed 15000 British, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, pounds. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the uh, club was forced to inform the club's captain, George Taylor, that the ground was closing for adult cricket for good. Coal Hill Cl- Cricket Club near uh, Wimborne was first. They, they just keep repeating the same thing over and over again. You can't buy a place next to a place that you know has, you know, the possibility of stray anything coming your way. Yeah. If you live near a uh, baseball field, you can tell kids to stop playing baseball because the balls keep coming over near your property. You know, um, it's always kind of yeah. I never bought a house that was so close to something mm-hmm. that would be potentially, uh, you know, that could potentially piss me off. Most of the houses that I've bought, you know, they're in decent uh, areas and never had a problem. But if you bought a house next to a golf course or an air force base or an airport, yeah, and you're complaining about the proximity of balls or noise. That's really on you for buying a house there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Especially in this uh, in this situation where the cricket club has been there since 1905. I don't want cricket in my yard, even though I bought a house right next to the cricket club. You know, um, I don't I don't really know much about the game of cricket, so I don't know what yeah. a six is. I uh, I know what balls are, and uh, yeah, you know, nobody wants balls you know, in their you know being you know hurled to their backyard. But if you move to a place and you know even the very basic rules of cricket and i have to believe that most people in england do yeah you know you run the risk of balls being knocked into your backyard yeah you don't want balls in your backyard i don't want balls in my front yard i don't want balls anywhere near my property but if i am uh ball resistant in my life i'm going to move to a different part of town maybe across the street from the house where they're getting all the balls in the backyard. I would never buy a house near anything like that, it, whether it be a golf course. I knew I knew a guy who lived, uh, or I think he probably still does live over off the ranch Yeah, in Southwick. They get these, like, really nice homes up in the back up there, and he lives on one of the holes. Like, there's, like, in his, he's got, it's a beautiful house, 
you know, and and probably when the time he had it built, it was like six hundred grand. It's probably worth over a million now. Sure. But it's a it's a huge piece of property in the backyard, but you can't really do much with it because you got the golf. There's a tee right there. If you just look through the woods, you can see the tee. <laughs> so you can't have any kind of loud music. You can't, uh, you know, you, you want to pump the radio up on a Saturday afternoon or wash your car or something yeah. like that. You, of course, people who live in that neighborhood don't wash their own cars anyway. So no, it really they don't. doesn't matter. But uh, you can't have like a lot of noise, which I, I wouldn't. I'd want to be able to be a little loud sometimes. Yeah, I had, uh, friends of mine that uh, that moved out of the area to uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. and they they bought a, a a gorgeous piece of property just off a golf course. Same situation, mm-hmm. right off a tee box, but in their backyard they had this gorgeous pool and kids. Yeah. Well, what happens when you got a pool and kids? Yeah. Mom, mom, mom! Look at me! Look at me, mom, mom! This goes on all day. This is what they do. I can't imagine golfing and then hearing all the screaming and cannonballing and parties or whatever. It's really going to mess up my game. You sound, sound like Bushwood Country Club. You, sir, are not welcome at Bushwood. Right. But on the other hand, uh, when we were there and uh, and having fun in the pool, you know, visiting and stuff, Yeah. I actually kind of enjoyed sitting uh, by the pool watching dudes tee off. I actually kind of thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. Now, granted, it's not my house. No. But and I'm not gonna. And I certainly wasn't piping down that day. See, that's the thing. You're just experiencing it for for a one off. Imagine doing that every single day. I know. You know. I don't know why you buy a house uh, on a golf course. It just would doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But like, how many times do you hear people like complain because they're in the uh, the path of you know Westover? Yeah. Or, or barns. You know, they're, I mean, they're military installations. They're Air Force bases. Yeah. And it, sometimes you hear people, you know, complaining, yeah, this plane's flying over my head and I don't like it. Well, maybe you shouldn't have moved so close well, to an Air Force base. I'm not the kind of person that uh, that praises that type of, uh, of maneuver, if you will. <laughs> like... Uh, believe me, I'm like in full. Of, again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't move near the. I wouldn't move near a house. But I, I know that people that live near the one in Westfield. They, you know, they see them writing on Facebook. The sounds of freedom. You know, they're. It's the sounds of freedom. I'm like, actually, that's the sound of like fifty million dollars <laughs> flying by your house. Uh, so the guy could, yeah. you know, see what it looks like from up above. That's about. That's the. That's the sound of my two hundred eighty thousand dollar house being shook to the core that, because it's yeah. an Air Force base. 200 yards away. Now, before you twist my words and say I don't like the military, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying I would never build a house near. Uh, I mean, I, I live in Huntington. You can still hear the jets flying over sometimes. Sure. Depending on what their their flight pattern is for the day. But it's not as noisy as it would be if you lived right near it. But I think most people don't. I think it becomes part of the background for you. Like there's a train in my town that goes it goes through at like four o'clock in the morning. And you I can, know, and I live like a mile and a half from it. Yeah, and you can hear it. You can hear the the train horn when it goes over the crossing. But you and I know a lady that lives like twenty feet away from the tracks. Right now, you have would have to imagine that that would be something that you would definitely have to get used to in order to keep living there because. That's not the only time the train goes by the house. <laughs> She's, she told me that you know after a while you just you don't even 
you don't even notice it. But on the other hand, every time I'm, every time, well, I was only there once. The time I was there, you, there's trains running right through. It would have scared the crap out of me to see like you know lights from a train coming yeah. right towards the house. I know, especially since the driveway is right there next to the crossing. <laughs> but um, but when I worked at the railroad, that never bothered me because you get so used to having that in the background noise. Yeah. And granted, the train the the horn wasn't going off all the time. But the movement, you know, those things are pretty damn loud, and they they're ground shaking when they when they go by. So once you once you're around it so often, you don't really notice that it's there anymore. Well, you know, it's weird. So we moved before we lived in Hamden. We were living in uh, in Springfield, and when we moved, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in a small rural town where there's nothing going on, no street lights, right, no yeah. sidewalks, no no McDonald's. There's nothing like that. So moving to Hamden was no Not big deal for me. a single luxury. Hardly a luxury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so moving to Hamden was like no big deal for me. But my wife couldn't get over the silence. Like the silence. Yeah. It was so quiet that she found that to be almost intolerable. Like it was like almost too quiet. I lived uh, in my old house. I lived next to a, it was like a, like an assist, not assisted living. It was for retirees. It was like 55 and over kind of thing. And they always had lights outside of their house or outside of the buildings. Because oh yeah, you have to because it's a it's a it's a a place where you know you need emergency exits lit and all that stuff. I move and I'm in the middle of no like it, it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere because it's so silent and yep. there's no lights around. So I have to like constantly have a light going somewhere, just to you know just to give you some illumination. I was always ha- I always had their light to deal with. Yeah. But uh, back to the lady with the, you shouldn't have bought the damn house if you didn't want to have cricket balls on your lawn. I hate to break it to you. Uh, they've been there since 1905. You've been there for like a, a year. Right? Yeah. Seems so. to me the one to leave might be you. I don't think these people get that, though. It's 622 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Noonan Energy presents Tin and Pearl Jam. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Sunny today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, real quick, uh, if you missed any part of uh, the Bax and Nagel show, check out the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the other places in which you would find a podcast, including rock102.com. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week is uh, Blue Macaulay. He is a uh, an award-winning singer, songwriter, producer, he uh, has taught and uh, was a student at the Berkeley School of Music in Boston. Really interview, uh, interesting interview. You can check that out on all those platforms and rock102.com. Oh, the kid from Home Alone. No, that would be uh, Macaulay Culkin, but I can totally see why we get confused. Uh, you're thinking of the kid from... Uh, 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 damn it, why can't I think of the name of the, the show? Uh, okay. Well, um, His brother's on it. Succession. Succession. No, that's Kieran McCauley, but I see where you're going with that. No, that's the song by Mr. Mister. No, it's Kieran Kier- <laughs> Lazon, but close enough. Anywho, how about uh, how about a joke? Yes. I was just making a joke, son. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. Well, why don't you tell me your joke, son? <clears throat> I don't think you think it's funny, son. On Rock 102. <laughs> how do you know? I got a hell of a sense of humor. Springfield's classic rock. Well, there you go. Okay. All right. Here's one for you, Bax. You ready? Yes. What do uh, the Super Bowl and a doctor's office have in common? 
I don't know, Steve, what does a Super Bowl and the doctor's office have in common? Aaron Rodgers won't get a shot at either one of them. Ah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Now, let me explain to you why that's funny, okay. uh, Bax, because, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the big anti-vaxxer, won't go into a doctor's office to get a shot. Yeah. And uh, he also screwed up the whole uh, 2022 uh, season, so he's uh, he's mm. not going to be in the Super Bowl. And that's why you find that funny? I find that hilarious. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's 629. We have news next to Rock 102. 632. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. It includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Today's a glorious day in New England, Connecticut, and now has recreational marijuana. That's right. Connecticut uh, today joins 20 states in allowing the use of recreational cannabis. Retail sales of pots uh, starts this morning at nine, at nine dispensary nine dispensary. I can't say that nine dispensaries across the state. Including- you people in Connecticut are gonna love it. I know there's a bunch of you reefer zombies living in the nutmeg state, and I gotta tell you, once you are smoking on a big fat blunt the size of a human femur, you are gonna say. Man, we should have been following Massachusetts' lead all along. Yeah, and when the doors open at 10 a.m., it'll be the culmination of months of preparation to ensure people safely use cannabis. Now, Steve, you're a big reefer zombie yourself, right? Sure. You yeah. like, uh, you like uh, smoking on the wacky tobacco, right? We'll love it. You love the devil's De- lettuce? The devil's <laughs> lettuce, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just, uh, you know, real briefly, uh, explain to the folks at Connecticut, because we have a large Connecticut contingent in our audience, what they can expect by going to uh, any of these dispensaries? Uh, you can expect uh, high prices uh, that you could probably get for cheaper at yep. your yep <laughs> the guy down the street. That's right. That lives near your mom's house. He probably has cheaper products. Yeah, but you, but the uh, the chances of that uh, that marijuana being laced with say like uh, decon rat poison or fentanyl or any other additive is uh, much lower at a, at a dispensary where it's uh, safe. Than you know, if you're buying it behind a dumpster. So you want the the bougie stuff versus the hobo hash is what you're telling me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, well, you know, they, they do. Uh, you know, they, everything is dosed out. It's, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there's people in these dispensaries to to walk you through your experience and uh, tell you which one's the right one for you. You know, these are going to be great times in Connecticut. They are great times. Little uh, little doobies on the on the little blowing trees. That's all they are. Little blowing trees right out the side. <laughs> it's all in Connecticut. Now people in Connecticut, when they're, you know, uh, I was going to go to Mystic Aquarium, but then I got high. I was going to go to Mohegan Sun, but then I, I got, got high. high. Well, actually, that's where you would go to get high. Yeah, probably. Mohegan yeah. Sun anyway. But there, there you go. Connecticut's on the uh, on the. I was going to go to Dunkin' Donuts Field, but then I got high. Then I got high. Oh, then I got high. Oh, then I got high. <laughs> I got high. Uh, when it crab comes to job growth, uh, Fine Fettle, that's one of the, uh, the, the the shops opening in Newington, mm-hmm. said that uh, 100 staff have been brought in across uh, three locations. The owner said he expected some changes for medical marijuana patients with the rush of adult-use customers. However, he said his business was prepared. So you're not going to get, uh, you know, if you're already getting medical, you're not going to get pushed out of the way by one of these uh, low-life recreational users. Good. If I'm if I listen, if I'm sick and infirmed and need my gummies to get through my day because of any number of medical calamities, 
I don't want some, you know, some some pothead who's uh, think they got a notion getting in my way, cutting yeah, in line. I uh, I think I mentioned this to you. The last time I was at a dispensary, you can tell that the prices are coming down. Because Good. They, well, because they know. They know now that they can't compete. Why are you going to go spend $15 on a joint when you could, you know, make one for cheaper from that hobo hash I was telling you about? I know. But, again, you know, you would think that uh, with the extra additives, the uh, the decon rat poison, the fentanyl, you'd be paying more. But, no, it's not the way it works. Decon rat poison makes anything better. No, it doesn't, actually. it's uh, It kills rats and humans if it's uh, taken uh, incorrectly. I used some of that stuff years ago when they still had it. They don't sell it anymore. You can't get decon rat poison? I don't think you can get the pellets that they used to sell because I remember trying to go get those again and then they, they said, no, we don't we don't have those anymore. But uh it's like a it's like a, a massacre it, when you do that. Oh, it's 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 a it's a terrible way to go. It is a, a terrible way to go because uh, basically what ha- what you find out is when they eat that stuff, mm-hmm. they get really, really thirsty, and then they go looking for water. And all the whole while, their insides are burning from the stuff that's uh, you know that you just poisoned them with. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great way to get rid of them. And then they grow like uh, ears <coughs> on their backs and things like that. You know, oh, only in laboratory settings. Uh, let's see. There was a uh, two-car accident. Uh, the Springfield Fire Department was sent to Worcester Street for a two-car accident yesterday. According to the department, at approximately 5.24 p.m., a two-car motor vehicle accident occurred at 969 <laughs> Worcester Street. There were no reported injuries at this time. Uh, and, and it says 22 News will continue to update as more information is available. Well, that was 5.24 yesterday. I don't think we're going to get an update on that story. Probably not. No. Uh, For the 38th year, Gatorade is honoring the nation's best high school football players with the Gatorade Mass Football Player of the Year Award. And each year, a Gatorade Player of the Year program honors one winner in the District of Columbia in each of the 50 states that recognize high school football, girls volleyball, boys and girls cross country, uh, boys and girls basketball, baseball, softball, soccer, and track and field. And one National Player of the Year is also given in each of these sports, the Gatorade Player of the Year. They just go on to say, Springfield Central High School's William Watson is the uh, Gatorade Massachusetts Football Player of the Year. Pop Watson, way to go, Pop. Congratulations. Nicely done, son. According to a news release, uh, being a Gatorade Player of the Year means paying it forward for the next generation. And Watson is recognized as Massachusetts' best high school football player, not just for his athletic excellence, but also for his ac- academic excellence and exemplary character. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he is going to Virginia Tech. I believe. I don't know that. After being pursued by Nebraska, I believe he's now going to Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. he's got a, uh, Watson has kept up his academic GPA of 3.62. Can you imagine everybody knowing your grades? If I had a 3.62 in high school or college, I would have let everybody know. He had already verbally agreed to play football – on a scholarship at Virginia Tech yeah. at the time of the selection. There you well, go. good for him. That's, That's awesome. awesome, man. You know, they had, uh, I don't know if you even uh, knew this, because this happened ooh, a couple weeks ago now. They had uh, they had five athletes from Central High School mm-hmm. all sign their letters of intent for college on the same day. It's pretty cool. Really cool, actually. Really? Yes. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. I you know, Listen, I, I don't know anyone from my high school football team that signed a letter of intent other than to say, like, you know, be recruited into the military. 
I knew a kid uh, in my high school in New York State who got a, like a contract for the Mets. Like, yeah, right out of high school. Yep, and then he blew it. He blew all the money. He yeah, blew all the money. I know. They, well, he got injured, and then he blew whatever money they gave him uh, to begin with. It was only like a million dollars, and I say only a million dollars, but that's like a lot of money to a kid who doesn't have a million dollars to begin with. There was a there was a kid that I uh, went to high school with. He was a year year younger than us, two years younger than us. Kid is just like a phenomenal athlete, and he wound up getting signed by Oakland. Uh, back when uh, Oakland didn't really need any of their minor league players right. <laughs> because they were so damn good back then. Right. And uh, he bounced around a little bit from the minors and you know, played a couple of uh, of uh, games in the pros. But it's like, you know, the, the, when you see a kid in his, in his high school years and he's just, yeah, he's phenomenal at every damn sport he plays. And the kid really was. And he doesn't become a star. You just, you, you put into perspective, well, what does it really take? What kind of superhuman uh, abilities does it take for a kid to be incredibly talented but not a superstar? Like, what do those superstars have that these kids don't? A lot of it's luck. A lot of it's great timing. And a lot of it is just some kids are just, you know, well, born freaks of yeah, nature. Everybody's got their own uh, their own thing that drives them to be a better player. Yep. And uh, some people have limitations. You yeah. don't know what's going through that guy's mind. Oh, I know. No, but this he this kid was focused. Now he's a fifty four year old man. See, I think you have to have like really good mental control to be a successful sports star. Yeah. Because you can't let any of that stuff bother you. Like I, I would be a wreck. Like if I was like a pitcher, yeah, uh, I'd be the worst pitcher ever because I, even even let's say I had the athletic ability to do it. Oh yeah, you need you need uh, and, like you, you know like cold blood in your veins. But as soon as you get in front of that crowd of people, when you're talking you know thirty forty thousand people that oh, you're yeah. playing in front of, that would uh, that would mess with my head. But like, yet, but yet some kids can do it, and it's not a big deal. It's yeah. like they, well, that's what, what I mean. they thrive on. That's what I mean, though. You have to have that. You can't listen to the people yelling at you, telling you you suck. Usually when they tell you you suck, that means you're really good. Usually. Yeah. Especially if it's the other team's right. fans who are telling you that. Uh, the quadriplegic daughter of Springfield Public Works official Bill Pianca was recently injured when a driver ran a red light and crashed into her specially outfitted van. Uh, and uh, to replace this vehicle that 37-year-old quadriplegic Andrea Pianca finds uh, indispensable to go back to work, her father's boss, DBW director Chris Ignoli, has begun a GoFundMe drive on her behalf. Uh, we have a gap of about 30000 to $35,000, so we're trying to get the word out <clears throat> to everybody and anybody that can get uh, that out there to help people out. So, it, these vans are really expensive. Yeah, I, I saw, uh, I think Chris posted this on... Uh, the cost? Uh, yeah. Get this, the cost to retrofit a new vehicle could be in excess of $80,000. Easy. When you think of all the additional equipment that needs to go into yeah. a vehicle like this. Yeah, Chris posted, yeah, he did post this uh, GoFundMe on his uh, on his Facebook. We should uh, Yeah, let's we should share, share that on our, uh, on our uh, morning show page. Uh, to donate, visit the Andrea Pianca Vehicle Replacement Fund on GoFundMe as of 4 p.m. Monday. $4,000 has been donated out of the $35,000 goal. So Actually, right now it's 5800 Well, there you go. It's there been, you it's go. Been, it's been, it's Starting been, to pick up steam. It's been bumping up. But uh, I, I hate hearing things like that. 
how much these things cost and these people like who desperately need these items. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That thing you need to transport yourself from one place to another, eh, that price tag's 80 grand. You know, I mean, you know, thankfully she's she's okay. And and that's the thing you worry about the most. But, you know, after all is said and done, you know, insurance doesn't cover these kinds of things to anyone's satisfaction. Yeah. You know, that, you know, when you have to retrofit a vehicle that has been designed to be accessible to someone who is, uh, you know, in a wheelchair or whatever they're, they're uh, whatever it may be, the situation they're in, and it costs that much to, to, to refurbish the vehicle. Yeah. Man, that's uh, – this must of, happen a lot more than we know. Well, the the Hawkman, uh, he, uh, I think he expressed something wrong with the van. They had to get it fixed yeah. or something like that. It, it, it's costly, costly repairs to these things. And I'll tell you what, just every time, the last time we saw the Hawkman uh, was at uh, an event at a at a cell phone store in where, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's in his chair and he's showing me how it, um, you know how he steers it. Yeah, it's I mean, the the technology is just unbelievable. Yeah, how they're but, able to, but that comes with a price tag. Too. Uh, that's what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it, that's just one guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, you ever want to have want to have a cop buy you a beer? Actually, I have had an off duty cop buy me a beer I'm, before. I'm going to play the Entertainment Tonight radio bit, and we'll talk about that story coming up. It's 37 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 651 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 40. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of uh, 38. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Do you You don't have that letter thing ready to go, do you? Uh, yeah, it would take uh, me no time at all to get that set up. Really? Why, you have a letter? I have, uh, I have two. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right out on Oh, letters. Oh, we get letters. Let's find a launching route today. Oh, boy. One uh, from uh, the Hawkman who wants to, you know, just thanks us for keeping us going each and every day. But there was one yesterday that I got uh, that we didn't really get to. Is this the first one or the second one? Uh, this is the second email. Oh, the okay. first one was from Hawkman saying he, the, he loves us. Thanks for keeping him going. Oh, okay. Do I need to, and do and I by I the way, he sent me uh, he sent me some summer sausage. Ooh. He, Venison, he, uh, buffalo, and some pork. Ooh, that sounds and, tasty. And a bag of Lindor chocolates. I got the Lind- I got the the Lind chocolates too. That's delicious. Yes. That's a uh, you're trying to lose weight around here. Not possible. Can't do it here. But uh, th- uh, thanks to the Hawkman for that. But here's the other letter. You okay. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Uh, this is entitled Scott Cohen. Oh, okay. Boy. Yes. Steve, uh, let Scott know. This is from yesterday's sportscast. Let Scott know that the Bruins beat the Anaheim Ducks last night, not the San Jose Sharks, and that they will be playing the Seattle Kraken this uh, Thursday in Boston, not Seattle. Jeez, all he has to do for prep is read a freaking schedule. Have a nice day. There you go. 
<sighs> Listen, Scott's got a lot on his plate. If you knew what that guy was doing day after day, you'd say, how does he even have a shred of time to do what he does already? So much on his plate. Oh, my God. What? Too the, much? Ol- the olives from the martini take up so much room on the plate? Too much pork for just one fork. Yeah. That's that's his motto. I, uh, I've always kind of wondered that. When what? He, when he, he's getting sports scores wrong, he's the sports guy. He is a... Uh, <clears throat> He's a recovering sports reporter. Oh, is that what it is? That's really what it is. You know, holding on to the tender strands of his broadcast career uh, by providing us with scores and uh, what have you. Oh, is that so? Yes, but I appreciate his efforts because if if it weren't for him, I'd have to do it myself. And, and I don't want to do, do that. I get you. I, I don't want to do that. Okay, I guess we should be lucky somebody is helping us out around here. Listen, <laughs> yeah, he's the only, he's as close to a producer as we have. Uh, but, uh, well, I, I don't know what to tell this guy. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess I'll be an apologist for Scott Cohen yeah, li- again. Listen, uh, Scott is right more often than he is wrong. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to soften the blow. Oh, are you? You see what I'm, I mean? I'm just trying to have a soft landing on this. I That's see it. what you did. Well, there you go. There's the uh, there's the letter from uh, for, for Scott Cohen this day. Am I the a-hole coming up in just a few minutes on Rock 102? And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters, before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, now that the NFL's regular season is over, it's finally time to start firing people at will. Sure, your team may not have gotten into the into the playoffs, and yes, I'm sure many of you are pointing fingers and laying blame, but the truth of the matter is, no matter how bad your players might be, no matter how poorly they listen, the first order of business is to get rid of your head coach. And while the Patriots are certainly among those who stunk things up this season, guess who's coming back for more? It's Bill Belichick. Why? Because he's the greatest damn head coach possibly of all time. Everybody else, on the other hand, eh, not as much. Listen, if you ever think about getting into the head coaching game at the professional level, now would be the time to dust off that resume because right now certain employers in the NFL are looking to fill well-paid positions with great benefits. For example, yesterday the Arizona Cardinals fire head coach Cliff Klingsbury, even though he has four years left in his contract, and yet they canned him anyway. On Sunday night, the Houston Texans dumped head coach Lovey Smith. Why? Because with a record of three wins, 13 losses, and a tie, The Houston Texans were the second-worst team in the NFL. And there's a lot more to come. You already had the Broncos and the Colts dump head coaches in the middle of the season, and that's not all. Excuse me. I can think of at least three more NFL coaches currently in the hot seat, and some of them may just leave on their own. Look, I know there's a labor shortage in this country right now. Everybody's working shorthanded. But in the National Football League, there's always somebody willing to damage their reputation and commit career suicide by becoming the head coach of a terrible team of underachieving misfits. In other words, somebody's going to become the next head coach of the Houston Texans. And when they do, they will fail, just like every one of their last five head coaches. 
What I'm trying to say is this. The NFL is accepting applications, and even with no head coaching experience, I'm not sure you could do any worse. <laughs> but hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Where are you going to put all that stuff cluttering your kitchen counter, clogging up the garbage? You go to Rocky's and get shelving and storage bins. They're on sale now. It's a new year, and the theme is decluttering with Rocky's Ace Hardware. <laughs> I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 708 and Cheap Trick with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 39. And tomorrow, I'm sorry, 40 today, 39 for a high tomorrow. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Let me uh, slowly peel back the curtain of what kind of uh, shenanigans (laughs) go on in this uh, this room Mm -hmm. uh, while, uh, while we're focused on other things. Yeah. I'm doing my view from the couch. See, I had poured my heart and soul into writing that this morning. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, distracted <clears throat> because the Hawkman uh, sent us uh, chocolates and sent you uh, a three-pack of summer sausage. Uh, yeah. Uh, venison, buffalo, and some, I think, regular pork sausage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as I'm doing the view from the couch, minding my own business, kind of focused, fixated on uh, what I was going to do and how to pro- to. to uh, to perform uh, the prose that I wrote, uh, there's somebody on the other side of the room <clears throat> violating one of these pork sausages. Now, uh, be that as it may, it, I found it to be somewhat distracting, and uh, it got me off my game. That's what makes the day exciting, Bax. <laughs> we have to have some distractions in here. Probably for the, for the, for the best, but I found it uh, very hard to concentrate. Uh, oh, with, oh, I'm sorry. With you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, making uh, lewd, suggestive uh, motions with that sausage. Isn't that uh, isn't that what you do with a sausage? You make <laughs> lewd and ex- what did you say? Lewd and uh, uh, suggestive. Suggestive. It was very suggestive. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's how I do it, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, thank you very much for doing that. Uh, you're welcome. I guess I would be the a hole in that situation. <laughs> in this situation, and, you most certainly would be. And here we are. It's time for M I the a this one, uh, I already got my mind made up just by reading the headline, but I'll, I'll wait to to add my commentary till the end. Okay. Am I the a-hole for using the bathroom frequently on a flight? Recently, I flew home for the holidays. The flight was three hours long. I read that you dehydrate twice as fast on a plane as you do elsewhere, so I packed two 40-ounce bottles and planned to drink them both over the course of the flight. Uh, should note, I'm a pretty big person and an athlete. I booked a middle seat because I'm on budget and I don't particularly care about the aisle or window, and I used the bathroom four times over the course of the flight. Each time, the person sitting on the aisle got progressively annoyed. She was sleeping, and I woke her up each time. She would sigh, groan, roll her eyes, etc. Whenever I got up, when I used the bathroom for the third time, she asked me if I could uh, try to hold it for the remainder of the flight so she could sleep. <laughs> I should mention it was 4 p.m. and there was no time change involved. I didn't take her request too seriously and continued to drink water. When I got up for the fourth time, she told me I was rude for not following her request. I told her it was either that, dehydrate, or wet myself, and going to the bathroom seemed like the best option. She told me no one needs to drink enough to pee four times in less than three hours unless they have a bladder issue. 
She then asked me if I had a bladder issue, and I said, no, that not that it's your business. I asked if she wanted to switch seats so I didn't have to climb over her, but she refused. She kept pressing me, and I suggested that we flag down a flight attendant because I didn't feel comfortable resolving this on my own. Mm -hmm. The flight attendant sided with me, but at home, my family had some disagreements. Some said I did nothing wrong and that I have the right to drink as much water as I want and I'm not breaking any rules. But others said it was uh, discourteous to drink that much water during a flight and that I should be able to hold it, especially if the person on the aisle is sleeping. So I'm wondering, am I the a-hole? Oh, boy. This is good. You know, I've been on a flight where I've had to uh, you know, get out of the way. Uh, for the uh, for the person sitting next to me, yeah. like a couple of times, and you know the first time it's like, okay, well, you know, what are you gonna do? Second time you're like, uh, here we go again. Three times on a three hour flight. That's a lot. That's 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 an awful lot. And as a as a adjoining passenger, it's a lot to expect out of me to not be annoyed by something like that. You know, most of the flights that I would take are roughly about two and a half hours. If I fly to Florida or, mm-hmm. you know, we're at Georgia, wherever, it's usually about two and a half hours. I will try not to use that bathroom as much as I possibly can on the plane. First of all, it's the size of like a thimble. Right. A guy like me trying to get in one of those bathrooms, it's it ain't going to happen. I don't know who these people are joining the Mile High Club. <laughs> What's going on with that? Yeah, huh? but it's usually two very thin people. But uh, even even I remember you know traveling with young children and feeling embarrassed having to get up to take this child to the bathroom because you're kind of disrupting things when you do that. You're you're in the aisle. Mm-hmm. You're you're banging into people, especially a guy of my size. You know, you're knocking into to, to bags and and whoever you know whoever's in your way, right? And then having to assist like a uh, like a five or six year old on an airplane, I had to like keep the bathroom door open and stand there while my kid went to the bathroom because there wasn't room for two of you. Yeah, but but to to be the door blocker so nobody else would 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 show up to go to the bathroom because the light was not illuminated now right. that the, the door is not locked it's a pain in the ass to have people get up so often during a flight i i totally agree and and from the uh, the passenger's perspective i totally understand why you might be annoyed on the other hand i know for myself and this is again this is just me mm-hmm. i would not care in that situation I would not. I would not be the one to mouth back. I would not be the one to say, "Haven't you been to the bathroom enough?" That's just not. I'll get up. I'll be courteous. I may not like it. Oh, but I'll be courteous. I wouldn't be a Karen. I'd be a. I'd be a Larry David and just make little comments about how much water was had been drunk and how much <laughs> you know. Really, really, you're you're gonna you're gonna finish that one. Yeah. You're gonna finish the, the the next water bottle? Oh, that should be interesting. I'm sure you'll have to go to the bathroom in the next five minutes. See, when you get into your 50s, Stephen, you'll you'll experience this in just a few years. Anything you drink tends to go right through you. Then why not uh, get those diaper things and put them on yourselves? Well, and, uh, that way you can uh, have an accident and be okay. With and it. and that would be perfectly fine. Yes, there is that. Uh, there is that. But uh, I try to limit my fluid intake. To those two ounce cups they give you with the with the three ice cubes, that's all I really need during a flight. If I want to drink, 
I'll drink before I get off the plane or maybe find something to drink after I arrive, after we land. That's it. I can hold off from drinking for two and a half hours. 80 ounces of water is a lot of water. That's a ton of water. And and frankly, if you're needing to drink that much, the, the, the plane isn't going to dehydrate you that much yeah, in a three-hour span. You, and you still have like uh, 21 hours left in the day to rehydrate yourself. Exactly. You know, it's like, you know, why are you focusing on hydrating yourself now? Well, I... When you're only going, when you're only going to, uh, you inconvenience the people around you. I don't know. I think the guy's the a hole. I kind of think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, but you have give, some give, reservations about it. You think that you know. I have some reservations in like you know how far are you willing to go to complain? You know, you're calling, you're, you're you're calling the flight attendant. Yeah, over. I told you're, you. You're making a big deal of it. You know, like okay, you may. It's none of my business whether this guy's got a bladder control problem or not. If I got to get out of the way, I'll get out of the way. I mean, I like it. I may be inconvenienced by it, but you know, you know I, I can't get into the, into a guy's bladder. Now that my kids are older and I and they can go to the bathroom on their own on the airplane, mm-hmm. I still get like annoyed with them. Really, you're gonna get up in the middle of the flight and go go ahead, go ahead. No, I know. I do that. I, I would be the same now. way. I do that whole, uh, you know, overbearing parent thing. Have you noticed, this is, this is you know, aside, because, I mean, this is a, I sometimes wonder whether people who walk around with those big giant jugs of water mm-hmm. are doing it just for show, to say, just to look at me, how hydrated I make myself. You're not drinking water. I have I, to carry this gallon jug of water around with me all day long. Yes. I have, look... Look at the enormous Yeti cup I have, 64 ounces of water. I'm going to be in big trouble if I don't drink all this water right away. You don't need that much water. I think it's partially for show. I think it is, too. Why can't you just keep refilling, like, a big water cup? Yes. Like, get a 32-ouncer. Why, just- why Why? are people so indiscreet when it comes to how much water or the or the container they've got? I don't know. I think you're right. I think there is some sort of like show effort to it. Like, oh, look at me. I can drink a whole gallon of water in a day. Yeah. You had four coffees. <laughs> That's not the same. Matter of fact, you're way more dehydrated than I am. I mean, I've seen like you know people in like uh, gyms and health clubs with uh, with like the, the like the whole gallon jug of water, mm-hmm. and you know that's for show too. Oh yeah, that's that's. There's no practical reason to have that much water in a gym, if unless you're going to be there all stinking day. And who the hell wants to yeah, do that? Most people, one to two hours max for a workout. You're telling me you're going to drink a gallon of water in a, in a in two hours? No, you're not. Uh, here's another one. Am I the a hole for not bringing a cake to a wedding I was uninvited from? My ex-best friend got married this Saturday. I was supposed to be the maid of honor, but she removed me from the wedding over a dispute regarding my makeup, hair, and, quote, disinterest in the wedding. Ooh, Ooh, what happened here? She uninvited me uh, from the wedding after I told my friends my side of the story. I was responsible for the cake at the wedding, but canceled the order because I was uninvited and wanted to be reimbursed for all my investments in this wedding. I told the bride I wasn't going to bring the cake over for them. The new maid of honor went to pick up the cake and learned that I had canceled the order. Uh, They were able to get another cake, but apparently it wasn't a nice cake. The bridegroom and my sister who attended uh, told me it was unfair to cancel that cake. 
My sister thinks I should have let them enjoy their special day and then later discussed getting my money back. The bride refers to the cake as a gift and claims that a gift cannot be returned. Well, neither can an invite. Yeah, no kidding. The groom just agrees with literally anything his precious wife says. Well, he's going to that with the right Listen, frame of mind. Uh, yeah, that that's how you're supposed to get married. You have to agree to everything that that person says. Everything that uh, I'm hearing here, I'm kind of feeling like the uh, the bride is the a hole. Yeah. First of all, what what was uh, what well, was up with the hair and the makeup and everything else that uh, got her so hacked up? Well, there's no there's no explanation of what the dispute is, but. Irregardless or regardless? Irregardless is not an actual word. Whatever. Regardless, um, she uninvited her from the wedding. Yeah. So once you uninvite somebody, you don't get anything. You're not. You're not going to get a gift now. You're not going to no. get. You're not going to get any of that stuff. No, from you're that you're basically writing somebody off completely. Yeah. So for you to think that somebody should have been responsible for the cake, that would have been the first thing. Let's uninvite her and make sure we have a cake ready for that day. But she, t- but she told the, the bride that she was going to cancel the cake, right? I told the bride I wasn't going to bring the cake over for them, and the new maid of honor went to go pick up the cake and learned that I had canceled the order. So maybe she didn't even tell them that she canceled it. She just, just told said, them, oh, I'm not going to bring it. I'm not going to bring it. Well, then that's up to you to check in on the cake. I think there's an equally shared amount of hole here. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big... A big a-hole to go around for everybody. I think you got two half-asts. Maybe. And together, you know. But when I hear that, that like, there's somebody, a bride-to-be, that is upset because someone in the wedding party got a haircut or a tattoo mm-hmm. or, you know, their makeup's all jacked up or what, you know, whatever it may be, and that's ruined their day, yeah. listen, it shouldn't matter what everybody else is doing at your wedding. It should only matter between you and the groom and that's it. I gotta tell you, the only two people that matter at a wedding. I gotta tell you, I've done a lot of weddings. Yes, and I've noticed that, like over time, like how stressful it is to the people that are in that wedding party. Like the responsibility you take by saying yes, I'll be in your wedding party. That like bachelorette parties, mm-hmm. bachelor party, whatever, whoever side you're on, that's an excessive amount of money. For a lot of different things that people do, agreed. Let's, let's go. There, you know how many I've refused to go to when I was younger because I didn't have the money to go and go on these extravagant. Oh, we're taking a limo around Rhode Island to the strip clubs, and Come you're on. gonna pay for it. It's only five hundred bucks a person, and I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't make even five hundred bucks in a week. Like you know, at the time, it's yeah. like, how am I supposed to afford? I can't go. I, I I was once invited to a wedding at the Bahamas, and yeah, as a friend of mine from college, is getting he and his uh, wife to be. We're gonna get married in the Bahamas, and uh, and I had people say, you know, ask me, are you are you gonna go? I'm like, no, but no, I'm I not think, going to the Bahamas. I think people who schedule weddings like that have a reasonable expectation that most people aren't going to make it to this thing. We'll have a party when we come back. Yeah, that would have been fine, but yeah. I'm not I'm not going through the costly expense of a Bahamas trip with hotel and, you know, transportation from the airport and all that other stuff for your wedding. It's not because I don't care, it's because I care far more for the money I it's, I'm going to lose as a result of it. It's an excessive amount of money. You, and you a know, pain in the ass. You know what I did for a bachelor party? Threw a kegger. Nothing wrong with that. No. 20 guys, a keg of beer, uh-huh. and a bonfire, and a bunch of food that we cooked on the grill. 
You know what I did for my first bachelor party? What? Did a live broadcast at a bowling alley. See? That was it. There you go. That was nice it. Nice and simple. M- nice and simple. And paid uh, for by somebody else. <laughs> paid for by the radio <laughs> station. We bowled. We drank beer at 8 o'clock in the morning, and that was pretty much the entire day. We're done by 11 o'clock. Those were the days. Those were good days. The radio man. days. Well, there good you go. Days. That's Am I the Air Hole? It's 723 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print their shirt on your back. Heck, they make the Rock 102 shirts that we wear and give up. It's 725 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It is 38 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, I, uh, we got this uh, package from uh, from the Hawkman, sausage, yeah. chocolates, and uh, you know, a few months ago, he was the only guy, and I've been asking the, for this forever, and he's the only guy that's actually, you know, stepped up to the plate. Uh, you know, he sent me a, a fruitcake. I told you how I love the fruitcake, right? Yeah, you love the fruitcake. I'm on uh, the internet just... For uh, for craps and giggles, just to see what uh, what fruit cakes are being sold for, you know, after the season. It's a five pound fruit cake that someone is selling for eighty nine dollars. What? You imagine selling something that ninety nine percent of people don't like for eighty nine dollars, and the only guy in the whole world that likes a fruit cake is me and some of my family members. And they want to jack you for eighty nine dollars? Get out of here with your fruit cakes. That's ridiculous. No kidding. I mean, like, like what other, like, you know, like a holiday treat would you would you order now? You would think that they'd go real cheap, right? Yeah. Like they're just trying to get rid of them. No, they're jacking up the prices like everything else. How big is this thing? Five pounds. Five. That's uh, that's a lot of money for uh, a fruit cake. Well, what I'm telling you is, I'm off the fruit cake until next season when the prices go down. I'll tell you what, this whole economy situation is really getting on my nerves. Prices are going up. Everyone's getting, everyone's, uh, you know, having a, to pay through the nose. I was at a breakfast restaurant. I'm not going to name the name. I think I told you this last week. They had a sign on the wall. They were charging an extra five cents per egg per order. You got the three egg omelet. You're already lo- down in, in a hole for 15 cents. It's outrageous. That's not bad. It may have been 10 cents. Either way, it's 30 cents. But nevertheless, they're, they're, it's a per egg charge, and they've had no choice. What are they going to do? What are you going to do? Make your own fruitcake. Why can't you do that? Wouldn't that be a hell of a lot cheaper than spending 89 it, bucks on a five-pounder? It probably would, but what am I going to do with all that fruitcake? You can eat it. Five. If, Share Jesus. it with your friends. I don't have any friends that like fruitcake. I'm it. I'm the only guy in America that, that actually has a craving for fruitcakes. But I, I, you know, I don't want anybody to spend $89 to send me one unless they absolutely feel compelled to do that. You are what you eat, fruitcake. Let's talk about you and that sausage again. Hey, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Matter of fact, there's still one piece left over there that I might have to gobble down before the end of the show. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News. 731 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. It includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. The Springfield Police Department seized an arsenal of weapons and ammunition and arrested a juvenile during a search warrant on Saturday. Well, Is only, it today Tuesday? Well, it's only Tuesday. If we had gotten a Wednesday or Thursday, we wouldn't have been doing the story. Probably not. According to the Springfield Police, they were alerted that a juvenile was in possession of a legal firearm. He was located and police searched his home on Rest Way. 
No rest for the wicked, though. No. Police recovered a sawed-off shotgun, a second shotgun, and a rifle, which is considered an assault weapon in Massachusetts. Three more firearms were also seized from the juvenile. They also recovered high-capacity magazines and over 1,100 rounds of ammunition. What, like highlights magazines? No, I don't uh, think so. Better Homes and I Gardens? I don't think so. Uh, mad? No, these are uh, magazines loaded with bullets. Cracked. You know, by the way, you know what I watched over the weekend? What? The uh, the National Lampoon movie. Uh, oh, God. Is this the um, the documentary about, like, Doug Kenny? It's not a documentary. It's a reenactment documentary, I guess you could say it. A mockumentary. A mockumentary, okay. if you will. Yes. Uh, Martin Mull plays Doug Kenny. Oh, really? Yeah. When was this made? Like, recently. He really? Pl- but he plays... The, he Obviously, he died. <clears throat> yeah. But he plays, like, this futuristic version of him. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of the weird how it's laid out, but it's freaking hilarious. I used to, I used to the love... Whole, I used to love the lampoon. But that was where all those uh, like Chevy Chase and Gilda Radner and Harold Ramis and uh, yeah, there was a, there was like a National Lampoon radio show. Yeah, and that's where a lot of these. I mean, they were all in it. Uh, you know, you Belushi. They were all they were all involved. Did in you it. listen to that when it was like first run? First run, no. But I mean, I did. I have listened to a lot of them. And some of them are hilarious. Well, I mean, the ones they were highlighting, obviously, they were showing, uh, you know, and they were talking about all the cocaine that he did. Yeah. And like oh, all this, loads. Loads. Like loads of cocaine, like wheelbarrows full of yeah, cocaine. Doug Kenny, who was, you know, went from like the Harvard Lampoon and then actually, you know, was instrumental in doing the National Lampoon. Uh, he, he, uh an absolute comedic genius. Yeah. But a weirdo. Yeah, very much a weirdo. <laughs> very whole, weird. But but the, the the whole movie was great, and I can't remember. It's something about a gesture. I can't remember the name of the movie now. Oh, I got to see that. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, I think it was on uh, Hulu. No, maybe it was on Netflix. Mm, it, it was on Prime. Oh, for crying out loud. Was, when you find I out, was, let me know. I was using a lot of weed when I watched right. it. Uh, that's what made it so funny. Anyway. Anyway. Now that Connecticut has recreational sales of marijuana, local leaders in Northampton met Monday evening to discuss whether or not to put a cap on the number of marijuana dispensaries in that city. The discussion took place after the first dispensary in the state closed last month in Northampton, and a separate dispensary proposal was denied by the mayor. Ultimately, members of the Northampton City Council Committee on Legislative Matters were split, and it will go back before the whole city council for further uh, discussion. When there was a proposed dispensary in Florence, that was kind of a tipping point for the community to say, hey, wait a minute, do we have more than what we want, one member said during Monday's meeting. The meeting was recommended to the subcommittee by the full city council and came just months after Mayor Mayor Gina Louise Chiara rejected a dispensary proposal for the first time for a location in downtown Florence. The source also uh, recently became the first dispensary in the state to close on December 16th. Right. You know, uh, Northampton along with Florence and Leeds and everything else that's uh, you know, a part of uh, the city, has only 29,500 people. Yeah. you got 12 dispensaries operating at once. That's one dispensary for every 2,400 people okay. or every 2,500 people, if you want to round up. Um, it's still a lot of dispensaries because you have to consider that not everybody in Northampton is going to go to a dispensary. They'd much rather buy their weed behind a dumpster or, you know, at a bus stop. But, you know, but for, for the most part, 
that's an awful lot of dispensaries for what is basically a fairly but, small population of people. And not only, you know, you you have, uh, what they say, 14, 14, plus you have right over the border in East Hampton yep. and into Southampton, mm-hmm. there must be at least a half a dozen down that way, too. So that's a lot of dispensaries in one general area. They need to start putting these in places like like my town. They could put a dispensary in Huntington. You know how convenient that would be? <laughs> you know what they need? They need to have like one of those little carts in, on the on your front yard. You know yeah. how like they sell like maple syrup on the side of the road? Right. One of those honor system things. Yeah, I don't think you do an honor system. You don't think so? No, no. Somebody would take the weed. Somebody would take it. Oh no, you don't you don't think there'd be like an honor system where someone like you know, put a few bucks into a bucket? You know what though? Uh, with the the way the effects of marijuana are versus the way the effects of alcohol are, if you were to give free booze out, somebody would probably rob you. Free marijuana, you'd probably have kinder people coming up and uh, and swapping that out. Maybe or maybe you'd have people that would swipe all your uh, your inventory and try selling it for themselves. Well, you could that could happen, but I'm saying it. You never you never see that with people uh you know selling like jugs of maple syrup. You know, on, on the black market. You never see that. Jugs of maple syrup? Yeah, no, maple syrup is not cheap. The real stuff. Is is it is it really a black market for maple syrup? I don't believe there is. That's what no. I'm telling you. I mean that that shows what? you the difference between you know a but, weed sta- a roadside weed stand and a roadside uh, you know, syrup stand. But with all the shortages of the maple syrup, maybe there is a black market for maple. I don't syrup. know. I don't know. Uh, speaking of things that are hard to get, a Western Mass News viewer alerted them to a situation in Springfield where a guardrail has been repeatedly mangled due to the number of crashes. We went to the scene to check out the damage for ourselves and spoke with uh, Springfield Department of Public Works Director Anthony Signoli to find out wh- when this guardrail is getting fixed. Isn't Anthony that, Signoli? That's exactly where I was going with that. It's Tony. It's Chris. Chris. Tony Signoli is the political consultant for Western Massachusetts. Listen, uh, yeah, Tony's a great guy, but if it came to, say, like road construction yeah. or snow removal, he's not the guy I'd go to. No. No. And I know Chris. Chris is a very nice guy. If I were a political candidate, I'm not sure I'd call Chris Signoli and say, no. hey, I'm trying to figure out how I should spend my campaign funds. I, I just don't think he would be the right guy. Well, anyway, motorists heading down Bicentennial Highway near Allen Street in Springfield may have noticed pieces of guardrails scattered across the road. One nearby resident told... Uh, the, <laughs> I did notice that, actually. <laughs> one nearby resident said that people are speeding as they go into the turn, causing them to run off the road. Really fast, a competition, I guess. You know, you're driving fast. Uh, I'm driving faster than you kind of thing. That's uh, according to Springfield resident Santiago Canosa. It doesn't make any sense, and that's what happens. You see the uh, rail, but it's too close. You don't have time. I, the, I actually saw this the other day, and it's probably like you know 35 feet of uh, busted rail. And you think, man, someone misjudged that turn a little bit. Yeah. I, it sounds like it happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, Western Mass- that's, that, that's that area like if you're coming off of Bicentennial to Allen Street mm-hmm. that's where that is okay so yeah. that guardrail been swiped out a couple times Western Mass News viewers and residents in the area said that the guardrail has not been repaired in months they're getting answers from uh, Signoli which one Chris I'm sure uh, who said that over the past year there have been multiple crashes involving the guardrail prompting them to rebuild it over and over again they probably repaired it two or three times so a lot of people 
may have seen it once before and said, oh, it never got fixed. Well, it did, but then it got hit again. Uh, the process, he told, talk, talked about the process of repairing the guardrail. He goes, first, the DPW looks to secure the money to pay for the repairs. They have a vendor who handles insurance claims with the if the driver's at fault uh, for the insurance paying for, for the damages. Next, there's a matter of gathering guardrail materials, which Signoli said has been slowed down to a nationwide supply chain issue. Why? <laughs> just, I'm just laughing that they messed up which Signoli they should be talking to. Well, very good, guys. What yeah, you got to do yeah, is you got to put uh, you got to dig a hole in the ground. You got to uh, get a little jackhammer out there and pull, pull it out, and, 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 and you put it very yeah, good, good, very good, good guardrail, good guardrail, good guardrail. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, yeah. Chris Signoli is like, uh, what you want to do is you get the dumbest person around to run for office around here and uh, throw a bunch of money behind them, and uh, they'll become the next candidate for whatever you want them. Well, oh, Tony could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he says it in a much more eloquent way. <laughs> Oh, don't don't yeah. underestimate the ver, the verbosity and uh, and great um, uh, elocution of Chris Signoli. You remember years ago? It was probably oh, wow, that's uh, twelve years ago. <clears throat> I crashed the car in in Russell. Oh wow, yeah. Totaled uh, my Subaru. It did, it did you a favor. Uh, no, actually, that was a good car. And you know what? I I believe the safety features inside the Subaru helped me from getting injured. Really? I really do believe that because did you I, airbag out on that one. I didn't airbag out on it, but the and it was a complete loss because the whole front end of the car got crushed in. Mm. I spun out of control because somebody decided to empty their basement full of water right on the middle of Route 20 in Russell because that's right. a good idea. And there was no other ice up until you get to this patch. And I'm probably doing about uh, 30, 35 miles an hour, and I hit this patch of ice, and the car spins out of control. And I'm like, I did one of those things where, uh, like, you know something bad is going to happen, mm-hmm. but you have enough time as the car is spinning around going, and I was yelling going, I'm going to get into a accident! <laughs> like, I'm yelling. <laughs> and then I hit the guardrail, and it hit the guardrail so hard, it bounced off the guardrail and hit the uh, the stone wall that was on the other side of the road. Wow. Like that, it, like that, there was so much ice out there that, that did that. And, of course, you know, obviously the car had to get towed, and, you know, my mm-hmm. wife had to come pick me up. And, uh, late you know, to work that day. It was very late to work that day. And uh, But uh, the guardrail, I was responsible for. They charged my insurance company for the repair of the guardrail. What that have to cost? It was like $5,000 or something like that. It was it was pretty costly. Wow. Uh, and it was only like like maybe one little section of guardrail that needed to be replaced. <laughs> yeah, what do you see the one on Bicentennial Highway? Literally, it's like 30 feet uh, of guardrail. Right. But it took them like five years to repair that. Really? It took them that long to repair that that that, that damage on that thing. I don't know if it was be, like what what he's saying, which one of the Signolis is saying. <laughs> um, it, it was you know because you have to wait for the insurance and all that stuff. It yeah. just took forever for them to, and they finally repaired it in like 2014 or 2015. So four or five years before they actually fixed it. That's crazy. Well, because I would drive by it all the time, going, "Did that? I did that. That's mine. I did that." Sober. <laughs> yeah, that's the amazing part. Yeah, I know. People, it's it's not so much that people were surprised that you weren't drunk during that accident. They were just surprised that you weren't just drunk. Yeah, that's because back then, right? Oh, you know, I mean, it was, yeah, fly them, uh, fling them left and right. 
right? <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 40. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It is 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's a new year. Are you ready for a fresh start? Looking for new... Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 748, and John Lennon with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 40. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It is 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Oh, oh yeah, I got to do. I thought you usually did. Yeah, no, I, usually got, have something to say. I got to believe me when I tell you there's there's nothing going on and nothing for me to say except this. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. We're just <clears throat> talking about drinking there. Yeah. A sheriff's office in Missouri is looking for volunteers to get drunk. Okay. To help deputies get much-needed training on real individuals. Here's Deputy Grant talking about the Bazaar program. We are inviting people to come down and get drunk at the sheriff's office. They're training them on DWI to not only recognize the signs of somebody who's driving under the influence, but also uh, to do the field sobriety testing and so on and so forth. And the way this works is you have to have people literally sit down and drink. So they're going to drink for two hours and then they will go through the field sobriety test just as if they were pulled over uh, in a, a real-world scenario. There you go. Where do I sign up? I know. Well, you got to go to Missouri. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm not going to do that. A free night of drinking in Missouri? Yeah. Plus, no, you get a safe ride home, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, wouldn't it be a little bit easier to like uh, have like an evening of drinking in Ludlow? This isn't new. They've done this before. I remember uh, hearing stories of old radio people telling me how, like, they, the police used to come in and get the, yeah. get the DJ drunk on the air. And, it would, and, and, they, and they do, like, these tests to show how uh, impaired you'd be after, like, yeah. uh, like two drinks, six drinks, 15 drinks. Yeah. But you know, the problem is having uh, someone in radio... <laughs> You prove that? Believe me when I tell you, their tolerance, you don't have enough booze to bring into a studio to get a guy really drunk. Well, I uh, I told you I was famous for the drinks that I made. Yes. They might have the potency of six drinks, but technically it's only one drink because it's in a glass. Yeah, and a big glass, <laughs> a too. A big not, glass. Not like a little, you know, like a little, you know, low ball. This, no, is, like a, this is like a big tumbler. Like a big, big gulp from 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> filled three quarters of the way with vodka and some Coke for color. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make it look like you got to make like it look bond, like a, like a Bondi's Island iced tea. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I re- I remember uh, participating in this thing in in at Westfield State years ago. They had the Westfield Police show up with like all these things. It, w- it was like a informational drinking and driving thing. Yeah, and they made you put on these goggles. They were like, they look like safety glasses. And you, it was a driving simulator? I, no, it was a walking thing. Like, it, oh, you really? You walk with these g- goggles on. And, uh, I, you know, cocky young kid, probably 21, 22 years old, going, this isn't what it looks like when you get drunk. And then, uh, as I was being put into the police car years later, <laughs> I said, you know what? That was pretty damn accurate how they did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how things work. Pretty real life. Uh, young people are just finding out that the popular door knock, shave and a haircut, right? Yeah, right. Is actually named something. Here's Calum Delito talking about when he found out that the knock had a song and a name attached to it. I found out that this knock has a name. What? 
I was watching Netflix uh, with the subtitles on. Someone knocked like that. And it came up in the subtitles, the name of that knock is the shave and a haircut. It's shave and a haircut, two bits. Wow. You just figured uh, that out. I'll be damned. You know, hmm. it is kind of funny to, uh, to realize that you grew up on completely different things than like a next generation or two generations behind you have are discovering for the first time. Yeah. Didn't you kind of feel like that way when you were growing up? You were discovering things that you didn't know really existed? You thought they were only kind of exclusive to you? Yeah, or, it or turns something. out like previous generations had those things all along. Yeah. Like profanity. It never occurred to me when I was a kid that all the best swear words had been going on for hundreds of years. I know! <laughs> so you ever, like, when you're, like, in, uh, say, like, junior high school or younger, probably younger, and you open up, like, a like a like a dictionary and the f word is in yeah. there and you're going oh, look at that the f words in the dictionary and then you thought well it's got an actual definition that has nothing to do with all the things i thought it did i think i was like 10 years old maybe yeah and our our big word was hooker we thought that was like it's a funny Whoa, word oh that's a bad word yeah it's a right. hooker turns that's- out there have been hookers since uh, since the very dawn of time now they make beers down in bloomfield they do yeah. or they make rugs Yes, they do. They make those, too. See? See? Hookers are good people. Just because you think it's yours doesn't mean we didn't have it first. A uh, restaurant in Las Vegas went from having no customers to being sold out overnight because of one great review from a food critic on TikTok. Here's Frank Steele, the owner of the pizzeria of Frankenson's, talking about how grateful he is to receive a good review from a TikTok uh, food reviewer, Keith Lee. I had this guy come in, and I like to ask my customers, you know, where you're from, what do you do? And he quietly said, I'm a food critic. This is one of the best wings I've ever had. This is a 10. Our phone never stopped ringing. I sold more lemon pepper wings in the last two days than I have in the last four months. It's just been overwhelming. It's been a blessing. This restaurant has been a dream of mine for 30 years. Yeah, he's getting all emotional about it because, uh... That's pretty cool. You finally get people to recognize that you're open. <laughs> you know, I that that is very cool. Cause you ever notice like a, like a like a like a restaurant uh, review like in like Mass Live never says a bad thing about anybody, no matter what they got served. Yeah, there's, I don't think there's ever been a bad review in the Republican or Mass Live. It's too local. It's too. They yeah, it's like you're almost afraid of the ramifications. You're in New York City. You go sit down in a restaurant. And you tell the, this guy uh, sells bad tamales over here. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna let everybody know right. that's a bad tamale. But you got a TikToker, you're giving you 30 seconds of a, of a video saying, "Hey, these are damn good wings." Guess what's gonna happen? Guy people gets, people guy, are gonna want to see those wings. Guy gets blowed up. That's I want it. some of these lemon pepper wings, but I'm not going to Las Vegas. <laughs> no. Uh, the town of uh, Montecito, California, we talked about this in uh, in Hollywood Trash, uh, is under evacuation order due to a massive rain and flooding, and residents include Harry and Meghan, Oprah, Rob Lowe, Adam Levine, Gwyneth Paltrow, and George Lucas, and Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi live there too, but Ellen posted this video standing uh, next to what is usually a dry creek bed. Now it's a gushing river. Yikes! Montecito is under complete evacuation the entire town. This is a five-year from the fire and mudslides that killed so many people and people lost their homes, their lives. This is crazy. We are having unprecedented rain. This street next to our house 
that's the reason why it's happening because Mother Nature's not happy. No, uh, and and while she, you can't see it, you know, because it's on the radio, but yeah. on the video, it's kind of like the Family Guy episode where she was sitting interviewing somebody and silhouettes of fish just keep coming out of her mouth <laughs> as she keeps talking. <laughs> But you know, there's a bunch of people who were downhill yeah. from uh, from her because she's so hated right now. Yeah. There's probably people downhill saying, "Man, I just want to see Ellen's house just come crashing down." I know. Come on, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Mother Nature. Yeah, it's probably the people that work for. Her. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to see your house come. You know what it was? It was on the Family Guy thing. It was Seth Rogen was being interviewed by her, and the fish is coming at him as she's talking, <laughs> and he just goes, "What the f?" <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, 7.56, and that's now here this with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. How cold is it out there? When will it... And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters, before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Ah, college football, the traditions, the pageantry, the rich history of crowning a national champion out of a convoluted and somewhat unsatisfying system of nonsense. I love it. You know what else I love? Dedicating time to watch an important national championship game that ends in a 58-point blowout. I don't know how many of you were watching it last night, but the college football playoff national championship game was played at SoFi Stadium in uh, Inglewood, California, between the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs and the Texas Christian Horn Frogs. And while I would think that more people were under the impression this was uh, supposed to be a tough-fought battle between two of the best teams in the country, what you had instead was a painful, lopsided disaster. Last night, Georgia pounded TCU by a final score of 65 to 7. Now, I don't know how to quite put this, but this would be like putting Mike Tyson in a boxing ring with Gary Coleman and expecting Gary to hold his own. This would be like having the undefeated 2007 New England Patriots take on a team from Kylie Middle School just to see what would happen. Losing a championship game by a score of 65 to 7 says to me that either you are unprepared to be there or... You must have been too worried about some of your classes coming up next season because apparently football was clearly not your main focus. Granted, Georgia were the defending national champions, and yes, they were coming off an incredible win over Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, but TCU were coming off a high-scoring affair against Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. And even though the Bulldogs were 13.5-point favorites, nobody was expecting them to cover the spread by another 44.5 points. That's almost embarrassing. Not as embarrassing as staying up all night to see how it all ends, but embarrassing enough for a contributing alumni to ask for an immediate refund. But hey, and if I'm my yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Aaron's is the king of snow, and at the Palmer Rockies, Jeffrey is the king of Aaron's. He's an Aaron's trained expert and will show you why and how you want to be blowing snow with the king. An Aaron's snowblower from Rocky's Ace Hardware. Winter Storm headquarters before and after the storm. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Today is sunny and a high of 38. Tomorrow it is 38 right now in downtown Springfield, um, <clears throat> which would be a great day to go out and shoplift if you wanted to do that. Is there ever a day it's not a good day to shoplift? Maybe a rainy day, not so great. <clears throat> Last week, a Walgreens executive said that the drugstore chain may have overplayed concerns about shoplifting at its stores in 2022. Maybe we cried too much last year, Walgreens Global CFO James Kehoe told investors on an earnings call. 
Walgreens and other retailers have sounded the alarm in recent years about the threat of organized shoplifting to their bottom lines as viral videos of brazen shoplifting raids have swept the internet. We've all seen those. Mm-hmm. The whole store gets mobbed by a group of teenagers <clears throat> going in there, grabbing all the beauty products, and then walking right out. Walgreens said in 2021 said it shuttered five San Francisco stores, citing disputed claims about an up- uptick in theft. A year ago, Keogh told investors the company in 2020 and 2021 experienced a 52% increase in shrink, an industry term that refers to lost inventory either by mismanagement or theft, compared to pre-2020 levels, according to uh, attributing it to organized crime. It's not somebody who can afford to eat tomorrow, who can't afford to eat tomorrow, Keogh said in January of 2022. These are gangs that actually go in and empty our stores of beauty products, adding that the issue was felt across the retail industry. Mm. But Shrink at Walgreens recently has come down uh, 2.5% to 2.6% of sales from 3.5% in 2022. Oh, so the shoplifting's going down. Is that because you closed most of your stores? <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. But also there's like a bunch of stuff you can't just grab off the shelves. It's all like locked up. Mm-hmm. Like uh, not for nothing. But if you're like at a at a Walgreens or a CVS or what have you, and you're looking to uh, slap on uh, or shop for a, a, a like a like a cologne, for example, yeah, that's all locked up. How am I supposed to sample uh, a cologne if it's all locked up? Well, don't they have the tester usually out? Yeah, but not always. I mean, I'm, these things are under lock and key. Apparently, there's a lot of guys out there looking to steal polo. Well, I mean, even cologne in a in a department store is under lock and key, but they have a tester out there so you can test to see what it smells like before I, you yeah, say, I, I, I want a whole I bottle of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kehoe said Walgreens would consider rolling back investments it made to beef up its stores, private security, which he called largely ineffective. Yeah, we wasted a bunch of money on security guards. I don't think I've ever seen a security guard at a at a uh, at a uh, pharmacy. Have you? Um, I don't know if. Well, yeah, the the one down here at the X does. They have. They either have a police officer there. See, I or gotten, they have, or they have a security guard. See, I haven't been to that one in a long, long time. Why? I don't know. I mean, because I usually go to the one that's the like right up, uh, right up the street here. That's where I go. go on my way home, stop over by CVS, grab my overpriced uh, prescriptions that uh, my insurance company won't pay for, and then there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, but I've never seen actual security there. Yeah, I've uh, I've been in there a few times because they're open twenty four. It's one of the few ones that are open twenty four hours. Oh yeah. So I've stopped in there before I've gotten gotten here in the morning sometimes, whether to pick up cold medicine or whatever whatever it was gonna be. Gotcha. Uh but yeah, there's usually somebody there. Well, if you're open twenty four hours, I can see that. Nothing good happens in a drugstore after two o'clock in the morning. Well, I mean, you probably only cut your, your employees down. Let's say you have one pharmacist in the back. Right. And one employee running the front of the store. That can get a little tricky depending on what, how many people come in. Mm-hmm. You can get a rush at 2 a.m. All the bars are letting out. Everybody wants their oxycodones now. <laughs> you're going to want some snacks as well. Usually the pharmacy is closed by then. Yeah. You know, the pharmacy shut down. All the other stuff on the shelf. I mean, if you want to get like a, you know, like some NyQuil, uh, then, then that's fine. Uh, overall, shrink accounted for 94.5 billion loss industry-wide in 2021, 
While Walgreens signaled its retail theft concerns might be allayed. Uh, is that how you say it? Allayed? Yes. Uh, hey, everybody, we're, we're going to get allayed. Other big name stores have continued <laughs> to portray shoplifting as a major existential threat. During an interview with CNBC last month, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan said theft was uh, higher than it has historically been and prices would be higher and or stores will close. Uh, They're not closing a Walmart. There's just no way. A Walmart? Yeah, this is the the CEO of Walmart saying that. See, but that's the thing. I mean, I think if you're going to own a major retailer like that, you have to expect that, you know, this is going to be stuff just walking out the door, and that's really the price yeah. of doing business, unfortunately. I um, There's a couple, couple of uh, interesting things I've heard about security at retail places. Yeah. I had a friend's sister who worked in a, in a, she was a security, like an undercover security guard for a department store. This was years ago. And we actually got to go in the booth. You know, where they're watching everybody on the cameras. Oh, wow. And this was back in the 90s, so that that was, you know, uh, pretty technologically advanced. For then. Even though it was all tube TVs watching people, uh, <laughs> you know, steal. <clears throat> but uh, th- she was saying at the time, there was this one woman who, like, brazenly just picked up, a, like, a jacket off the, off the shelf or off the rack and walked right out of the store with it. I'm like, you're not going to go after those people? No, we only go after the habitual ones. So, okay, because it's not worth the time and the money to prosecute a one-time. They like the people running security, right? They know they know who's coming in and who's going out and who's stealing a lot. They probably see the same people over and over again. Whatever you hear about, you know, the guy in River in a. You know, when the West Springfield police likes to veil where they're stealing from. Right. This man stole from a retailer on Riverdale Street in West Springfield. He's got a big orange cart and, you know, <laughs> it's like. And, and there's like people around the building with smocks. Yeah. And you get, you got to you got to figure out where he stole from. But 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 those people who they're looking for have done it multiple times. It's not like you just get your 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 name plastered everywhere yeah, when but, you stole one time from a store. But you know the problem is, and I'm, I'm and of course I'm you know thinking in the uh, in the mind frame of the scoff law. Yeah, you know, if you get away with it once, yeah, you're likely to do it again and again and again. And you know all of a sudden now you're the repeat offender who they prosecute, as opposed to trying to find a way to to dissuade anyone from even trying it. Because let's face it, you can't go anywhere where you're not where you're not being surveilled. Yeah, there's cameras everywhere. You're not getting away with jack squat no matter where you go. The only thing you can do in a store and actually get away with, because there's no way security could ever find you, is if you say you know, like uh, fart near the potpourri section. The only that's I mean it's satisfying and fun. Yeah, there's no smell of vision and security. None. Not that I'm aware of. You never know. They haven't caught me yet. Maybe they have more technology than you think they do in that back room. Either way, <clears throat> you're not. What I'm saying is, you shouldn't yeah. be able to get away with anything. And it, and if and the problem is, it is a self fulfilling prophecy. You get away with it once, you're going to try doing it over and over again. See, I'm more concerned about walking into the Walmart and finding a Duke in the urinal like I did up in the Hadley. Oh, back that's in terrible. October. Yes, that was awful. That see, that's more offensive to me than somebody walking out with a three hundred dollar TV in their hand. I don't like having to flush a toilet with my foot. 
No. I am, but I've had to do it many, many times. But in retailers such as that. But surprisingly, the rest of the bathroom was clean. It was just for this present that was left I inside know, this urinal. So it disgusting. was disgusting. Um, the other thing, and the other one I heard was from a like a grocery store chain that this one guy was stealing so much, so much stuff, like thirty five hundred dollars worth of worth of merchandise that they know that he stole because he would go through the self checkout machines, check out his groceries but slide a couple of things underneath and then walk out of the store with them as if he had paid for them. And then they finally catch up to the guy, and the only reason they didn't prosecute him was because his uh, his member card for that particular grocery store showed that he spends at least $12,000 a year there. So they weren't going to so go to the... Even though he's stealing from you, he's still yeah. a great customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't? But that's how, that's the mentality of like <laughs> giant companies and things like that. Well, it's going to be it's going to be too much of a mess if we prosecute this guy. So let's threaten him and warn him not to ever do that again because he still spends twelve thousand dollars a year when he comes in here. He might only be stealing three thousand of it. Yeah. But he still spends uh, twelve thousand. Now, is he part of the rewards program? Does he get like uh, like ex- extra discounts for the things he doesn't steal? Well, that's what my my question was. Is it a is it a bogo sale this week? <laughs> You'll buy buy one, steal yeah, one free. Yeah, a sogo. <laughs> steal one, get one. I was I yeah. forgot where I, where I was watching. I don't think it was TikTok, but it was it was some video I saw of some guy like stealing stuff from a grocery store, and you know he had like he was shoving stuff down his sweatpants yeah and you know he walks in seems like a normal guy but as he's walking away he's literally stolen like 200 pounds of produce that have been shoved down his pants like an animal house where he's got the steaks in his uh, exactly yeah. it's ex- <laughs> and it's just it's just like that and it doesn't tell you whether he got away with it but you know certainly it was all caught on camera this guy was like stealing like cucumbers and zucchinis and eggplants and you know, heads of lettuce and, and whatever he could steal you know all went into his pants and the only thing i can think of well is at least he's thinking uh, he's eating healthy at least he's stuff you know, he's taking stuff that's good for him well he's got to watch his cholesterol how yeah. else is he going to come back and steal again if he uh, has a heart attack well i mean he's eating you know like uh, you know unhealthy processed foods or you know <laughs> nit- nitrate rich uh, you know, processed meats yeah he was stealing all the Coumadin from the uh, from the pharmacy. That's what he was doing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. You know, they're saying like Target had their biggest year of theft in twenty twenty two. Something crazy, like a crazy amount of money, like four hundred million dollars. Wow, lost revenue because people just walk in and they just. But if you don't have enough people working there, like whose fault is that? Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously, it's the fault of the person that you, like you shouldn't be stealing. I get, I totally yes. agree with that. But knowing that you have this giant store full of merchandise and you only have a finite number of employees that you choose to to, to hire there, right? Whose fault is it? Should you have more security beefed up at the door? Should you, you know what I mean? I you know, I would think so, but I, even those positions are probably not that easy to fill. No, probably not. On the other hand, if you were to say go to like the Target of the Enfield Square, yeah. and you got like a bunch of merchandise, do you want? Do you run into the mall hoping not to get caught? Oh, nobody would find you in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd blend into the crowd. You'd probably be the only person in the mall. Probably easy to find. 
I, I love going into places that look like desolate wastelands, like after the apocalypse happened, this is what it would look like. Go down to that mall in Enfield. <laughs> That's exactly that one in Eastfield Mall. You'll see what it looks like. Oh, let's say, what if the world ended tomorrow and you were the only human left? You could stand in there and pretend like that you were that all day long. Listen, just as long as I can still get my salads at Mykonos, that's all I care about. Well, they're on the other side. They're open. It's uh, 821 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 828 and Don Henley. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. That was the tune I was rocking out to on the Peloton yesterday. That was it? Yeah. Wow. I was uh, riding along with uh, my gal, Emma. Emma? Emma Lovewell. That's a different one? That's a that's another instructor. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you see multiple instructors? I mean, is that uh, considered to be I mean, a, I a think, good form? I, I think they like you to stick with the same one. But how could, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the eye candy on yeah. the other side of the screen. How can you not jump over to that one? <laughs> it's no, all they, like, they can't see you, right? They can't, like, see, like, the the big chubby guy, the big slovenly chubby guy that just spent, like, $6,000 on a Peloton? Uh, I didn't spend $6,000 on it. Uh, I bought it used. I paid $3,000 for it. <laughs> um, no, I, um, I... You can uh, you can go they I don't know if they can see you or not because there is a camera on it because you do take your picture of yourself when you set up your profile yeah so maybe they can maybe they can see a big fat sweaty guy I don't know I, mean, I, I think it would probably be better for your workout if they could identify you amongst the group and say hey Steve you might want to pump it up a little bit even though you're you know well, flop sweat uh, we talked about it there are live classes. I just don't think I've ever been part of the live one where she, like the instructors, calling out the top people that are coming in first, second, and third. See, I'd be calling out. I mean, if 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 I were a Peloton instructor, yeah, and there's no chance in hell of that ever happening. But if I were, I'd be focused on the bottom ten. Yeah, I don't want to know what those people are doing. The last ten people. The last ten people. The well, people I'm, they're actively pedaling, but they're in dead last place. Well, I'm usually, I don't come in dead last. I come in about halfway, which is which is okay. expected. Yeah. You know, from among the group of people. I think my place on the Peloton is like 15,000 out of 21,000 overall. Okay, but what's that guy yeah. who's at who's at uh, like a 19,999th place? What's he doing? He's the guy that just got on the bike and said, "Yeah, there's no way in hell I'm getting on this thing." <laughs> That's where his stats come in. Like why did he waste 3,000 yeah. dollars on this machine? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a boys of summer with with Emma. She was making you making you push hard for it in only twenty minutes too. Wow, that's a uh, that's a uh, that's effective. Mm-hmm. It's uh, eight thirty. News is next on Rock One Hundred Two. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. It's 8.33 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, thank you, Bax. Oh, you're very welcome. uh, Let's give a big round of applause to our friends down in Connecticut over the border as they celebrate legal recreational marijuana. That's I said what I'm be- talking about. I said it before and I mean it. You folks in Connecticut are going to love it. Absolutely love it. Are there people in uh, Connecticut that are kind of, I don't know, hung up on uh, this being like a like a social scourge, like there'll be a, you know, increased crime and uh, you don't want a dispensary uh, 500 miles away from a school, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. 
How many? Uh, how, how much has crime increased since we allowed all the dispensaries around here? <sighs> Almost none. You know, these things are locked up like Fort Knox anyway. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, you, you have more of a likelihood of somebody stealing from a liquor store than you ever would have somebody have a chance at stealing from a dispensary. Not that we are suggesting knocking over a liquor store. God help those people. They do with them, everybody else a good service. Oh, knock it over. Just uh... yeah, but I but you don't uh, you don't see uh, you don't see any real crimes happening at dispensaries in Massachusetts. No, because people who use marijuana are not violent people. They're, they're just chill. Not. They're chill. They're, they're chill. relaxed. Either they're either sick or they're just looking to chill. Man, that's it. I tell you, I love that interview with uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, talking about like how his his thing is is weed. Yeah. And uh, when they did those sessions with Dr. Dre for gin and juice and all that stuff, yeah, he said Dre would come into the studio with a gallon jug of orange juice and pour half of it out and pour the other half in with gin and proceed to drink it all day. And then uh, Snoop would sit there uh, smoking his blunts all day long. And yeah. at the end of the day, Dr. Dre wanted to kick the crap out of everybody who got into his way. Snoop said the only violent thing that was going to happen with him is a bag of Cheetos was going to get destroyed. Which was absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. You have a different persona when you're high versus when you're drunk. And there's something about gin that just makes people angry after a, a good period of time. Gin. Like the more gin you have, the more prone you are to anger. Like you're angry that you've run out of gin. My old man was the, when we went out for dinner, a beef eater martini on the rocks with an olive. See? Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. And how many would he have during the course of a dinner? Four. Okay. How much angrier was he when he left as opposed to when he arrived? On a scale of one to ten, sure. uh, it was an 11. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Just, I can still smell those. The gin martinis just, or the, the olive? The, just thinking about it. Isn't it funny how things can just bring you back? Oh, and, I know. And you, like, I can still smell it in my mind, what that smells like. That beef eater, disgusting gin with the olives on it. I was on martinis for a while. Yes, but probably but, good martinis. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with a beef eater. Don't get me wrong. But uh, but I was on them for a while, and I thought, well, this is a, this is a, uh, whew, this is a brutal drink. But vodkas, though. Vod- vodkas, but you know, occasionally I tried the gin, and I always found myself getting, like, agitated as the night went on. Gin has this weird taste to it. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, like a gin tonic is nice and refreshing in the summertime. There's no question. Yeah. But it ruins an evening. Anyway, uh, Connecticut today joins 20 states in allowing the use of recreational cannabis retail sales of pot. Uh, start this morning at nine dispensaries across the state at 10 a.m. So you got an hour, hour and, and 23 minutes to, yeah. to prepare for that. Uh including Fine Fettle Dispensary in Newington. This is the one they interviewed. When the doors open at 10 a.m., it'll be the culmination of months of preparation to ensure people safely use cannabis. People age 21 and older will be able to buy up to a quarter of an ounce of pot. They will have to show a government ID. Where's the closest one, then? Uh, I don't know. Quarter quarter of an ounce, is that uh, what it is here in Massachusetts? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Fine Fettle Newington... South Windsor, uh, New Haven. It doesn't seem like there's anything uh, near us right now. 
Connecticut dispensary locations. Nope. Nothing? Nothing? Uh, uh, I don't see. One, two, three. Nope. All of them are. The, I'm surprised there's not one in Enfield. That would have been the place to go. That would have been a place to go. Well, they put one uh, down. Well, on, Enfield's not very business friendly. No. <laughs> it's hardly, hardly any business in that town. What are you talking about? There's Best Buy. Yeah, that's closed. There's uh, there's uh, all those stores in that mall. Yeah, yeah, they're mostly closed. There's a media play. No, that's been closed for a long there's time. There's a Bob's stores. N- no, I believe that's shut down as well. There's an Olive Garden. Ooh, I, I think, think that's, that's actually still, still open. <laughs> that was the Hazard Grill that was next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. New Haven, Brantford, Newington, Stanford, Willimantic, Montville, and Meriden. Yeah. See, they're smart putting them on the New York border because recreational pot in New York just became legal as well. Right. But there's very few recreational dispensaries. So by putting them mostly at the border of New York is probably a better idea to get the revenue. So Fine Fettle, which you were you're talking about, yeah. has got three locations all all its own. Okay. The Newington, Stanford, and Willimantic. Uh, Rise, Affinity. The Botanist and Zen Leaf. I like when they got those fancy names. No, uh, yeah, Zen Leaf. Zen Leaf. That makes it that uh, that would be like just weed. You know, I don't see anyone that just says like just weed, like just just pants or just shirts. No, they should though. Yeah, they've all they all got the these uh, these uh, creative little names. Well, they sell more than just weed. They sell uh, bongs and pipes. And things like that. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, since we're in Connecticut, Torrington Public Schools were delayed two hours today because of the theft of catalytic converters from school buses. The district alerted parents uh, early this morning. There's no word on how many buses were impacted, but it confirmed that the catalytic converters were stolen from the All-Star Bus Yard on Technology Park Drive. There are cameras everywhere at the bus yard, says Susan Lebonsky, uh, superintendent of the Torrington Public Schools. I have no doubt they will find the person or persons who did this. Well, they never found the ones over in Agawam. No. Did they ever find the ones in Longmeadow that were going from house to house? The catalytic converters? Yeah. I don't know if they did or not. School officials apologized for the inconvenience and said the investigation was ongoing. Uh, let's see. Uh, good news out of Springfield. The uh, each year uh, For the 38th year, Gatorade is honoring the nation's best high school football players with the Gatorade Massachusetts Football Player of the Year Award which is a, uh, a pretty big deal. And the winner is Springfield Central High School's William Watson in the first Gatorade Massachusetts Football Player of the Year. According to a news release, being a Gatorade Player of the Year means paying it forward for the next generation. Yep, Pop Watson going to uh, Virginia Tech, Blacksburg, Virginia, playing for the Hokies. Good for him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right, it's awesome. Right in our backyard. Yeah, good athlete. Good, good athlete. If you're uh, leading the police on a high-speed chase, uh, you aren't in a position to complain about the police driving recklessly behind you, are you? I mean, you can complain all you want. I don't know how how good you're going to get the satisfaction. This past weekend, the Washington State Patrol tried to pull over a truck that was driving erratically. The driver didn't pull over and led police on a high-speed chase at over 100 miles an hour. During the pursuit, a passenger in the truck called 911 to complain about the police speeding. The caller said that their constitutional rights were being violated by the pursuit. There's a relatively new law in Washington which uh, limits the situations when police can engage in a high-speed pursuit, but they are allowed when they think the person is under the influence or has committed a violent offense. 
The truck was eventually stopped with the help of a spike strip. The driver, 28-year-old Amandra Baporis, was arrested for DUI and eluding the police. Alcohol was found in the vehicle. Her two passengers were released. I'm surprised they didn't charge the passenger who called 911 as abusing the 911 system. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's that's not really an emergency, right? No. Yeah, okay. When you're driving, you're, hey, there's a guy with these flashy lights behind me, and he's all over the road. <laughs> yeah, he's following your moves. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but is it him all over the road, or is it because you're all over the road, and that's what it looks like in your rearview mirror? Well, the person on the uh, other <laughs> end was not specific. No. People aren't very bright sometimes. Sometimes that's true. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 41. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 39. It is 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Looking for a new career? Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849, and uh, Allison Chains on Rock 102. Ooh, you stumbled on that one for a second. I just had to think about who it was. I got it right away. I love that shirt uh, from T-Shirt Hell. That has Alice the Maid all wrapped up in chains with a gag in her mouth and says Alice in chains. Yeah, that's yeah, good. I like that one. Uh, 38 uh, right now in downtown Springfield. In your house, do you got uh, in that uh, newfangled uh, stove you got? The one you just figured out how to use? Yeah. Is it gas or electric? It's propane. So, yes, gas. Gas. I guess okay. It would be, yep. The uh, Consumer Product <laughs> Safety Commission uh, is considering a ban on gas stoves. A source of indoor pollution linked to childhood asthma. Uh, according to uh, this commissioner of, uh, of the uh, United Consumer Product Safety Commission, 13% uh, of current childhood asthma in the United States is attributable to the usage of gas stoves. I had no idea that this was uh, an, even a thing. But apparently, they are looking to maybe phase out gas stoves in the next couple of months and that at some point they may just do away with them altogether because of the risk of causing asthma in 13 percent of children this is the first time they're figuring this out i have never ever heard this uh gas stoves have been in use since you know what the 1930s yeah 35 percent of households in the united states use a gas stove and the number approaches 70 percent in some states like california and new jersey other studies have found that these stoves emit significant levels of nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, and fine particulate matter, which, without proper ventilation, can raise the levels of indoor concentration levels to unsafe levels, as deemed by the EPA. So, you know, short-term exposure to uh, NO2 is linked to worsening asthma in children, and long-term exposure has been determined to likely cause the development of asthma in adults. So... Apparently, they're going to look to see if they can phase gas stoves out. I got a, I got a gas stove, and I'm not breathing great, but you know enough to say I don't want to go and buy myself a brand new stove. Is this uh, this study run by the electric company? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Yeah, doctor said, hey, you guys. Just thinking the same thing. And they said, uh, don't use gas anymore. Some uh, cities across the United States have banned natural gas hookups and all new building construction to reduce greenhouse emissions. Uh, Berkeley in 2019, San Francisco in 2020, 
New York City in 2021. But as of last February, 20 states with geo, with uh, have passed uh, preemptive laws that prohibit cities from banning natural gas. So you can't ban it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, like apparently the Republicans don't want you to ban natural gas because natural gas has got a pretty, you know, powerful lobby. But nevertheless, there's some scientific evidence that suggests maybe gas stoves aren't all that healthy for you. I frankly, I prefer cooking on gas. I prefer to cook on gas, too. I, you know, I mean, I've done both and kind of like the gas stove. Well, it heats up a lot quicker than you would an electric you also know what you're, you know, you also know the level that you're heating something up. Yeah. You know, if, if the fire's down, you can, you know, raise it, lower it. You got like a, like a flat glass top stove. You don't know what the hell it's doing to your food. Well, you go by the uh, medium or high uh, version of that on the, uh, you know, like those glass top ones. Yeah. What do you, do you have, what, I'm sorry, did you say We got you a gas stove. You have a gas one. Yeah. yeah. Propane, right? It's propane. Yeah. No, it's just it's, it's methane. It's the only thing I use propane for. Uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think the previous owners had a had a propane dryer. I've never had a pro. I've never had a gas dryer. Always, uh, always uh, electric. Electric. Yeah. Boogie woogie woogie. Electric. It's electric. But third time. But I mean, I, this is the first yeah. time I've I've ever heard that this is a that asthma, childhood asthma, what well, is an issue here? Again, who's running the study? Some phony baloney consumer product safety commission, something I've never heard of. But you always have to wonder who's funding those studies. Well, see, this is I got this from from CNN, and they were very you know, they were very specific in pointing out that Republicans are looking to fight the banning of gas hookups right. in newer constructed buildings. So, I mean, they're already making a. They're already making a, a, a political, divisive argument. Well, that's what I mean. It. I mean, I'm, but but who, uh, if you find out who's funding these studies to say, well, oh my God, uh, you don't want to put a gas stove in your house, your kids are going to get asthma. Yeah, there's a good chance that your kids are get asthma. Who's but funding it? Is, is, mm-hmm. it the, is it the electric? Um, you know. Uh, Appliance people, yeah, you know I don't, what I mean. I don't, uh, I don't really know. You know, the other thing I don't really know is if thirteen percent of kids are catching asthma from gas stoves, mm-hmm. then are the eighty-seven percent that aren't getting asthma from gas stoves getting it the old-fashioned way from, uh, like the genetics of their parents or the allergens already in your home that yes. you don't have to worry about? Exactly, you like know? you know, just you know, natural everyday occurring asthma. Eighty-seven percent. If you twisted the numbers around, all of a sudden gas stoves don't seem all that dangerous to me. No, not at all. Matter of fact, I'd put my mouth up to the gas uh, nozzle. I'm thinking about getting like two or three more gas stoves in the house. Yeah, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Just to see what happens. Yeah, let's fill the whole house with gas stoves. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm I'm, uh, doing my own scientific experiment. How many gas stoves can you have in a house before you start feeling the effects of asthma? Well, I mean, if you go back to that movie, uh, Child's Play, with Chucky the doll, yeah. who uh, turned the gas stove on and then lit the match and right. bl- done blowed the whole house up, mm-hmm. uh, that could be that be something I'd be more concerned about. Let me tell you something. That your rogue uh, child's doll will come to life and <laughs> set your house on fire with your gas stove. Having had my share of Advair yeah. and Albuterol and other inhalers, they're not nearly as delicious as a meal cooked on a gas stove.
Yeah, you could sacrifice not breathing for a while in order to enjoy a delicious gas-cooked stove meal. <laughs> totally depends on what's for dinner. Oh, we're we're having carcinogens <laughs> and chicken. Hey, mom, these are delicious carcinogens. I love the carcinogens. I can't breathe. But can I have seconds? Can we have creamed carcinogen tonight? We already had the regular kind last night. <laughs> Carcinogens? I'm staying. All right. It's 8.57 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Is I-91 icy? 